Okay, in order for us to, to discuss the econometrics of uh, uh, the consumption cap M, and I put econometrics in quote, uh, I would like to go through a version of the model which is simplified in some way, although it is made sophisticated, uh, and it is made more sophisticated in the basic case, but it's simplified in other ways, such that we can actually, partially at least, resolve the pricing equation. So our, the, the pricing equation is uh, uh, the equivalent of equation 17 here. We have this. This is the pricing equation. And how come it is written in this way? Of course, I uh, have decided to write capital R, the gross return, 1 plus little r. Uh, and we know that we can express the basic Euler equation as 1 equal delta expected Marge rate of substitution multiplied by 1 plus r, that is plus capital R. Now what we make as hypothesis here is a very standard form for the utility function, constant elasticity of substitution, utility function. And we are going to be thinking of the model in the context of a growing economy, that is where consumption tomorrow relative to consumption today is going to be, consumption tomorrow is going to be larger than consumption today. There is going to be natural growth. And as you remember, of course, that in this model, consumption is equal to output. So what we will be talking about is equivalently the growth rate of consumption or the growth rate of output. Now let's denote xt plus 1, the growth rate of consumption from t to t plus 1. Then with these two hypotheses, we know that the ratio of uh, marginal utilities is simply ct plus 1 uh, divided by ct to the power of min 1 minus gamma, or I should go one step further, xt plus 1 to the power min 1 minus 1 minus gamma. Okay, And this is what uh, we have rewritten in equation 17. Now the first thing is that we do, and I'm not going to be uh, laboring on this because I, I don't, I'm not interested in, in discussing the, the quantitative aspect of it, but the one here, I will do it in class, the one thing we can do is that we say, suppose there is no uncertainty, suppose that we are in a certain world, then uh, we would get this equation, that is, we would simply replace the variable growth rate of consumption xt plus 1 by his mean or his average x bar, but the equation would still be valid, and of course it will be valid with an average or constant rate of return r bar. And this gives us an equation that, uh, in fact, we have seen before. We have seen before when we have made the relationship between the risk-free rate of interest and delta, okay? Because in the model uh, up to now, we have simply assumed that x bar was equal to 1. There was no growth. It's a stationary economy. Now, if x bar is equal to 1, if there is no growth, we have 1 equal delta r bar. And this is, well, this is indeed the relationship between delta, the rate of time preference, and the risk-free rate that uh, we have uncovered earlier on. So this is an important equation here because it tells us that this link between the, time, the rate of time preference and uh, the average or risk-free rate of return does depend on the assumption of no growth. If there is growth, then it is going to be affected and it is affected in the way that is mentioned in this equation. Okay? Um, 
We, I'll discuss this in this equation in class because it has important implication for uh, what is called the risk-free rate puzzle. Now, the next step that I would like to cover in this uh, little discussion, and, and so to prepare the way for the discussion in class, is uh, uh, the actual resolution of this problem. So now let's go away from this no uncertainty assumption uh, and try to give a solution to uh, the problem. And we guess here that, in fact, the price of equity, the price of the stock, in this sort of an economy is going to be directly proportional to the dividend. So the price of equity is proportional to dividend uh, and I'm calling the rate of proportion nu. That's a guess and it's, it's a way of proving something. We guess that it's true and we are going to show that indeed it is true in these few steps. So we guess and we say, okay, let's suppose it is true. Then let's replace everywhere we see PT by, we are going to replace it by new YT. And everywhere we see PT plus one, we are going to replace by new YT plus one. So remember, if this is by t PT and this is PT plus one, we have our basic equation, okay? But I'm going just the opposite direction. I replace PT by new YT. I replace PT plus one by new YT plus one. And then what do I see? Well, I see that I'm going to have an equation, I mean, I obtain an equation, this one, which uh, uh, depends on uh, the marginal, uh, or the, the intertemporal marginal rate of substitution, and that we know is simply equal to xt plus 1 to the power of ma 1 minus gamma, and besides, depends strictly on yt and yt plus 1. So divide by yt, we are left with nu on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, we have delta expected nu plus 1, yt plus 1 divided by yt, okay? Because remember, we have twice yt plus 1, so we have nu plus 1, yt plus 1, and we divide by yt. Note here that I have gotten rid of the conditioning because the underlying assumption, I have not made it explicit, it's in the book, it's that these growth rates are IID. So xt is IID, so uh, the expectation of future xt is not con does not depend on where we stand today. IID means that the expectation turns out to be constant from one period to the next. Remember as well that uh, ct plus 1, ct is equal to yt. ct is equal to yt, so when I write yt plus 1 divided by yt, I again have xt plus 1. So that equation indeed is, uh, simplifies to delta equ uh, nu equal delta expected nu plus one, and I put these two things together. I have xt plus one minus gamma, but I have also xt plus one, so I have xt, xt plus one, one minus gamma. And here I uh, drop uh, the uh, notation because, uh, again, we have IID, so when I'm talking about the expectation of next period xt, it could be t plus 1, it could be t plus 2, it could be t plus 3. That's not important. Okay, and thus, uh, now we have nu here and we have nu here, although the notation here is not, not exact, but these are, these are the two same variables. So we resolve this uh, for nu, okay? Uh, so if we get rid of this particular nu, which is in, on the right-hand side, uh, we are going to obtain this equation. And we see indeed that nu is equal to delta expected 
an IID variable, 1 minus delta expected an IID variable. Nothing in there depends on time. This is thus a constant. We guess that we could express Pt in terms of nu yt, and we obtain indeed an equation that is consistent with nu being defined with this, uh, by this expression. Now, before I go any further, I think I would like to uh, observe here that if nu has this value, I'm going to use this later, nu plus 1 will be equal to what? It will be equal to delta uh, expected x1 minus gamma over 1 minus delta plus 1. So we put that everything in the same denominator, and we are going to have 1 divided by 1 minus delta expected x tilde to the power 1 minus gamma. Okay, just uh, keep that in, re in reserve. We are going to use it in a moment. Uh, now, uh, given this, okay, this is the end of this particular reasoning. Now, we simply uh, want to use uh, the observation that Pt is equal to nu yt. Rt plus 1 is equal 1 plus Rt. It's equal to Pt plus 1 plus yt plus 1 divided by Pt. Next period cash flow divided by this period cash flow. And we know what the prices are like. Right? We know that the prices I like. We know that this is equal to nu yt plus 1. So at the numerator, we are going to have nu plus 1 yt plus 1. Uh, we could put a parenthesis here if you wanted. And uh, at the denominator, we have pt, which is nu yt. So we have nu plus 1 divided by nu multiplied by xt plus 1. That's the expression for the equity rate of return exposed. And ex ante, we are going simply to take the expectation of this. Uh, and this expectation is going to be equal to nu plus 1, nu uh, expected uh, xt plus 1. And the latest equality here uh, comes from replacing nu by its definition here. Right? We know that nu is delta expected x 1 minus gamma, 1 minus delta. So given that, we know what nu, I, I've written to you what nu plus 1 is. It's over here. So nu plus 1 divided by nu is going to be equal to 1 uh, over delta expected uh, x tilde 1 minus gamma. And we have again to multiply by expected x. Okay? So here we have an expression uh, for the uh, expected return on equity. Uh, then it's easy to uh, obtain the risk-free rate. We have this usual expression, the risk-free rate is going to be equal to 1 over QB, and that's QB, the price of a risk-free discount bond, is the expected value of the intertemporal margin rate of substitution. So 1 over that is uh, the same thing, power minus 1. And uh, this is equal to, effectively, 1 over delta expected uh, remember that this is equal to nothing else than expected x tilde uh, to the power mi 1 minus gamma, and it is now at the numerator. Okay? Then, in order to have an asset pricing equation, what do we want? We want to compare the expected return on equity over the risk-free rate, and collecting all these terms, this is what we obtain. Uh, this is what we obtain, and uh, in the next uh, discussion, we are going to justify that this can then be expressed in this form. But this is what I wanted to do at this stage. Uh, the last equality here is going to be explained uh, in our next podcast.